We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, good morning. Thursday, March the 9th, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. I see John Edward, Brendan, Cody. What's up? Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord of the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there, guys. We are live. I know it's a little bit earlier than normal, running 10 to 12 <clears throat> instead of noon to 2. It's been a wacky week, a wacky week on the Daily Crow. But anyways, we press on, we press forward. Heck, maybe the wackiest thing of all, I'm sipping out of a dog dad coffee mug. Which is a beauty, by the way. It's a beauty, by the way. I will say that. But otherwise, appreciate you all tuning in. We're taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well. 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. So, guys, of course, as always, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app or go to prizepicks.com when you do use the promo code TS. U.S. to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You can play anything and everything. College sports, pro sports, you name it. They've got it, guys. Of course, March Madness is just around the corner. And you want to make sure you're making money with our friends over at Price Picks. So go again, go download the Price Picks app, go to pricepicks.com. When you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out. And tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Again, guys, very excited to be chatting with you all. Um, of course, the Gamecocks men's basketball season coming to an end last night and a loss to Ole Miss. South Carolina baseball, my goodness. I mean, just takes it to USC Upstate. You know, I thought you'd get the victory, but I, I didn't see a 19-1 to win. Not quite like that. Um, South Carolina Busts out huge offensively, and uh, yeah, you love to see it. So let's go ahead and get into your questions. Jacob, Cassis came off limping. Will he be good? I don't know that Mark Kingston updated his status yet, and I have not heard anything. I have not heard anything. I would imagine he'll be fine. Um, here we go. Yeah, Kingston said post game he'll be fine. It was just one of those he felt his hamstring just a little bit with the score being what it was. We got him out and got him with the athletic trainer. He'll be fine. So, per Mark Kingston, he'll be good to go. I'm trying to freaking, maybe if I just throw that back, I don't know. Uh, anyways, he'll be good to go. 
He will be good to go per Mark Kingston. Still don't miss that. There we go. Okay. Um, we also got guys JC Sherbert joining us at 10:15 coming up just shortly. So and I'll be jumping on inside the Gamecocks at noon. I'm really testing you guys' flexibility this week with all the changes and all the the changes in location. It's 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 been kind of nuts. Honestly, it's been kind of nuts. So I appreciate y'all again being flexible. Thank y'all so much for being flexible. Um, let's see. Trip Cromer, we're knocking the cover off the ball in baseball. However, a lot of strikeouts. Hope we fix that before we see SEC pitchers. Yeah, I mean, for sure, Trip, you need to be more productive in the sense of not striking out. But, uh, I mean, I have no complaints with us offensively right now. I mean, what you're seeing, the way you're seeing, seeing us swing the stick, man, it's absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, yeah, we're just – we're clicking in all phases right now offensively. I mean, I, I, I thought that, you know, in the midweek, and I thought it was important in the non-conference. What did I say before the season? hitting 300 or better going into SEC play. And I felt like that was what you needed to do, right? That was what you needed to do. I got to fix this, man. This is this is really annoying me. Sorry, guys. We got, we've had technical issues all freaking week. Here we go. Is that going to be better? Good Lord. Okay. Um, I felt like you need to be hitting 300 or better going into SEC play to have the type of confidence you need to do well and just to show like you're able to pick on lesser pitching. This team right now is hitting 316 with 38 home runs. So I'd say mission accomplished. You've got four more games in your non-conference, at least before SEC play. You're still going to have, you know, midweek games and non-conference games and what have you. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say so far so good. And you combine that as well with a 2.45 ERA. You're going to have a lot of success. I mean, that's I, I just, yeah, you're going to have a lot of success. John, yeah, an early crow, my guy. Yeah. I'm uh, out and about on the road, out of town, and, and honestly just wanted to go ahead and get this, knock it out, get it done this morning so we can uh, get out and about and, uh, yeah, have a day. So, yeah, a little early TDC. I appreciate, again, you guys rolling with the punches. I know it's been a wacky week with the Daily Crow. Also, guys, there's no podcast today, which I know is really weird. So we're going to cover everything that I would have covered in the podcast today. Again, I know it's strange, uh, but I'm not really in a location where it was really suitable to record the show. I, I know, really weird. Uh, probably This is probably the first time we have not dropped a, a podcast that was scheduled to be dropped, that was supposed to drop. First time we haven't dropped one in months, and I promise you it'll be the last time. So... Um, we will not call any late audibles like this again. I don't pride myself on doing that. So I do apologize to you guys. It's a, uh, bit of a blunder, if you will, on this Thursday, not, not proper planning. I should have, I should have set realistic expectations and planned better. So I do apologize for not getting the podcast out this morning, but, uh, we'll return to everything normal on Monday and Monday, Thursday. That's where you can expect the podcast. We'll keep it rolling. Again, we will not have any unexpected audibles like this. You guys will know going into each and every single week, if and when, and just if, because it will drop, when the podcast is going to drop. So, again, my apologies. Uh, we'll touch on everything. But, uh, you know, I just kind of felt like with where we are, being out of town, again, it wasn't a great setup to actually record here. And uh, there wasn't a ton to discuss anyways, to be honest. I mean, there's not a lot to talk about when it comes to basketball, when it comes to the baseball game last night. And, of course, you do play Bethune-Cookman this weekend. You've got Bethune-Cookman this weekend, um, which, uh, guys, I do have the Gamecocks getting the sweep over Bethune-Cookman. So, anyways, 843, 
Yeah, we'll be getting that graphic out today. John says, what do you check updated baseball stats? I just go to Gamecocks online, my guy. <clears throat> go to Gamecocks online, go to baseball, go to stats, go to 2023 stats, and, and there you have it. Yeah, these are as of March 8th, which would be last night, 13-1. and 1. Ethan Petrie leading you with a 455. Batting average, Breland Wimmer at 417. Cassis hitting 362. Cole Messina, 345. Caleb Denny, 327. Talmadge at 298. McGillis, 250. Hornung, 250. Evan Stone, 143. Uh, Dylan Brewer, 273 with 22 at-bats. I think you're, you're definitely going to see him get more at-bats. Um, Michael Braswell hitting 286 with seven at-bats. Jonathan French, 308 with 13 at-bats. So, anyways, guys, content bleeding out of the eyeballs today. I literally sat there last night because I couldn't record the podcast and made like four clips that are just ready to go for the day. So, uh, exciting stuff, exciting stuff. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. I know this, again, a little bit different, uh, the early TDC. Also, it is round one of the Players' Championship. Anybody, anybody out there, any of our golfers out there, uh, I just saw a highlight here on Twitter. So, we'll definitely be keeping up. I'll definitely be keeping up with the Players' Championship, everything going on. But, uh, yeah, love the golf stuff. Love the golf stuff. Anyways, Tripp says, last year at this point, we were 8-6. and six, So, I'll take 13-1. and one. Yeah, I mean, dude, Tripp, I, I pointed it out yesterday. This point, at this time last year, at this time last year, we, a year ago to the date last year, we lost to Xavier in the midweek. Xavier! So, I'm sure we all remember that. I'm sure we do. I'm sure we all recall that loss to Xavier in that midweek game. So, Let's see. Braddock says, <clears throat> what's your thoughts on the Lady Gamecocks winning March Madness? I know they're the favorites, but in that tournament, anything can happen. Who would you feel brings us the biggest challenge? Well, Braddock, you know, I know you say that. And I'm, I, you know, I, I'm not. You're not, not. You're not wrong. Anything can happen, but we're gonna win it all. I, I mean, I just, I just don't. Who's your greatest challenge? Iowa, Stanford, maybe Maryland. I mean, South Carolina is minus two hundred to win the national title. Like those are crazy favorite odds, minus two hundred. So. I'll take the Gamecocks every day. I, I'll, I'll take I'll take the Gamecocks. I mean, I, I just don't I don't see. Yeah, I I don't see anybody taking them down. John Eber points out Michi Johnson, Josh Gray, and Jacoby Wright are all coming back next year. Yeah, of course, guys. Gamecocks fall to Ole Miss last night. The attention immediately turns to who's back, who's not. What's the future of a guy like Gigi Jackson, who I think is obviously gone. Um, yeah, but uh, those guys pointing out they'll be back. They'll be back next year. They'll be back. So, really exciting stuff. Uh, you love to see it. You love to see it for sure. You love the fact they'll be back. And, um, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, I, I, I didn't have the feeling I thought I would have when this team lost last night that, you know, just thank God it's over. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously happy from a standpoint of, you know, we no longer have to endure the struggles that this team went through. But 
you know, year ones are always special for a team, even even no matter how good or bad they are. And so this team, this this Lamont Paris team, I mean, there was some good. If you're able to, you know, if you're able to really, if you're able to really take a step back and, you know, take into account that it's year one and what Lamont had to work with. And I mean, there were some minor victories in this first season. You beat down the arch rival. You take down Kentucky at Rupp Arena. The growth and evolution of guys like Jacoby Wright, Josh Gray. I mean, I think we saw them evolve into better players, no doubt. No doubt. You know, you beat Georgia at home in the SEC finale. It's always good to beat the dogs. You know, there were some moments that made this season special. There were some moments that made it special. Maybe the best moment. I don't know. Did 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 Gigi did Gigi Jackson's Instagram live video rank amongst the amongst the best moments of the season? <laughs> did they <clears throat> did that rank amongst the best moments of the season? I mean, what what's funny is like the the most notable storyline of this season was was Gigi Jackson going live on Instagram after a loss and talking shit about TSUS a day later. So I don't know. That that was one of the most notable storylines of the entire season. <laughs> Yeah, Coach Ford, to your point, we didn't finish dead last. You know what I mean? We didn't finish dead last. So, to your point there, we did not finish dead last. Yep. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. But, you know, I, I I think it'll be important to see some growth next year. And Lamont will have to hit the portal. Am I expecting anything crazy? I mean, we got a long way to go. Let's just see who he can go get, but... I, I'm I'm not expecting anything crazy, to be totally honest with you. I'm not. I'm not expecting anything anything wild from Lamont in this this program. So, but we'll see. I mean, I, I just you know, you, you got away with it in year one. It was a pass in year one, right? It was it was a complete pass in year one. But you're not going to get away with that forever, right? You're you're going to have to start showing some some progress and and winning some games. I mean, bottom line, you're going to have to start showing some progress and winning some games. Bottom line, guys, we're getting J.C. Sherbert on the show in the next two minutes or so. Appreciate you all tuning in again. Thank you all so much for the the flexibility this week. I, I know it's been kind of crazy. And, I, you know, it's – the spring is kind of wild being on the road, honestly. I mean, we're going to be on the road a lot this spring. I mean, I can tell you I'm going on a – you know, the first week of April, I'll be on a family beach trip. The second week of April, I'm going to Hilton Head. The final weekend, I'm going on a cruise for my sister's birthday. I mean, April's going to be nuts in its own self. Um you know, just kind of already what this month has been. We shouldn't, I'm trying to think, I don't think I have anything planned the rest of the month of March. So we'll, we'll be good content wise, but uh, trying to balance some of the travels of the spring and and doing the show and everything and staying as consistent as humanly possible. Um, yeah. Cause I, I, I do not, I pride myself on being consistent. So again, on these, on these days where <clears throat> we don't have a podcast for whatever reason, or like tomorrow we don't have TDC. Thank you all so much for your understanding uh, for continuing to show love and support the show. Thank you. I, I sincerely mean it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Travi, do you think there's a remote possibility GG stays? I mean, Travi, is there a remote possibility? Maybe. Do I think it's going to happen? No. I'd be absolutely shocked to see GG Jackson back in Columbia. He came to South Carolina literally to make the jump and go pro. And, and I mean, all things considered, man, I, I I know there's plenty of fans out there. There's plenty of couch coaches that that think he's not worth a damn, but he is. 
and he played good basketball this year. I mean, he had a lot of good games against quality competition. I mean, he was he was damn near, it felt like every single SEC game, he was damn near scoring 20 points. I know he had somewhere, uh, you know, he didn't perform his best, but I, I think Gigi Jackson's a really good player. And they look at more so in the draft anyways, guys, the upside and, and the projectability. And, and he's just got it, man. He's, he's got it. He's got it. So I, I'd be shocked if he's back next year. I'd be absolutely floored. Uh, Leonard Matthews, does he, does he transfer or go for it, Leonard? He's not transferring. He's, he's not trans. I don't know why you didn't ask that, but he's not transferring. He's not transferring, my guy. I, 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 you know, he's not entering the portal. He's He literally came to South Carolina to, to be able to hit the draft. That being said, guys, let's go ahead and get him in here. Of course, he joins us every single Thursday. But like I said, we're calling the Audible today. And again, let me say thank you all so much for your flexibility, for your understanding um, you know, as we've kind of had a crazy week on the road, out and about. Uh, but either way, looking forward to it. Really excited. We chat with him every single Thursday, normally at 1.15 today. At 10.15, my good friend J.C. Sherwood of Inside the Gamecocks, the Big Spur. J.C., what's going on, my friend? And let me say to you, thank you so much for being flexible with your schedule. How's it going? Oh, yeah, anytime. It's uh, it's uh... – it's not a problem. I'm I'm usually clear this hour anyway because I'm getting ready for the show, and um, not a bad uh, deal to kind of get it kicked off uh, right here with you and get ready to rock and roll today. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man, absolutely. Again, I appreciate it. Let's start with uh, with basketball. Gamecock season officially ends last night uh, against Ole Miss. Admittedly, JC, my my attention was much more so on the baseball game than the basketball game, but certainly kept an eye on it. But uh, you know, I, I feel like now. You know, we knew year zero, you could call it year one of Lamont Paris, that, uh, you know, it's all about more so looking forward to next year now and who's coming back, who's not. You know, I thought it was really encouraging that Michi Johnson, Josh Gray, Jacoby Wright, they're all announced that they will return next season. So I think some solid pieces to build around. And, of course, a lot of fans have questions about Gigi Jackson. I think, J.C., I'd be shocked if he's back. I'd, I'd just, I'd be shocked if he's back. Your overall thoughts on, if you have any thoughts on the game last night, I thought it was a really competitive game, back and forth game. Obviously, these two teams, you know, split during the regular season. You sort of got what you expected. Lamont Paris pointed out in the post game, they just had one more run than we did. Anything that jumped out to you from that game at Bridgestone Arena? And then just, you know, overall thoughts on what's next. You know, I think the obvious answer is building out the roster through the portal, through the recruiting. But uh, just overall thoughts on where we sit today in regards to the men's basketball program? Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it was a season about like people expected. I think there was um, – when G finally committed and enrolled, maybe there was some hope there that, uh, you know, he could carry this team to a little bit better than what it was. But uh, he wasn't ready to do that. Um, showed a lot of uh, potential this year. But, you know, he's a 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid – and unfortunately, the rest of the guys were inconsistent. Uh, they did deal with some injuries. Eber Deba early in the year. And then also, uh, I mean, he was gone after the first practice. And he was kind of supposed to be their wing guy. Um, and then he was transferred from Coastal Carolina. Uh, and then Chico Carter, uh, who, who did score some, uh, was banged up down the stretch. So this is a very shorthanded team. Um, at the same time, uh, am I going to sit here and say that Lamont Paris in year one maximized this group and then all they got to do is add talent? No, I, I think there's, I, I, I think he kind of grew with the team a little bit this year, first year at this level. 
Um, so I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I think that I'd like to see what he could do with a little bit better roster. Uh, and I think it's up to him to go figure that out and uh, target guys that he can get and come in and, and raise the level. Uh, you mentioned the guy coming back. I, I think that's extremely positive. Uh, if you have Michi and um, Jacoby, who got a lot better this year, and then Josh Gray, who – uh, I think if I could open up his head and just pour in a gallon of, of aggression, <laughs> I would, because he still he can still be very very good. Now he got the rebounding part of it uh, this year. I, I think they needed him to score some more. Uh, you know, to me, I, I'm excited to see what he can do if he takes another step. Uh, same with Miji Johnson, who has not played a full season of basketball until this year in quite a while. Um, he was a top 100 recruit for a reason. You can kind of see that. Uh, I think he's competitive uh, almost sometimes to a fault because he gets banged up uh, playing physical as he does. But you know, second time around in the league, uh, you, you think he'd probably you know take another step along with Jacoby. But they, they have a lot of needs. Uh, it's kind of all of the above, uh, you know, depending on who they hit in the transfer portal. I'll, I'll say this, NIL is a big deal. In the transfer portal these days, in this sport, it, it probably means more than the other sports. Um, and I absolutely agree with you. I'd be stunned, beyond stunned, if Gigi Jackson returned to South Carolina next year. I'd, uh, there's a reason that he and his family decided to go ahead and enroll early. Uh, and a lot had to do with the collective bargaining agreement with the NBA that expired. This is the last year of it. Uh, they want to get in while the getting's good because you don't know what's going to happen with that. He's still projected as a first rounder, you know. So I just can't see him not going. I, I think that's the last we saw of him last night. He had a really special dunk and you know hit some outside shots and all that good stuff. But uh, and he's got a long way to go too. Don't get me wrong, uh, but it'll have to be the NBA that gets him out of him and, and not South Carolina. JC, you know, we pride ourselves on talking way too early projections, predictions, if you will, for college football. Why not college basketball? When, when you look at, I mean, there, there's, it's so hard to project year two of Lamont Paris because we don't even know what the team's going to look like, right? I mean, they've literally got to go out and build a roster. But do you feel like the excuse me, expectations change significantly for him and his program in year two? I mean, do you think that, you know, I, I would certainly think that all of a sudden, you know, I think year one was just truly a complete wash, a blank slate. Let's just see how you do. I think people are going to start to expect a little bit more winning, you know, and I know year two is kind of immediate, but I, I just, you know, I, I don't think another, what, four or five win SEC season is going to quite, quite, quite cut it. And, uh, you know, I think at minimum, like competing to go to the NIT. I mean, do you think that's fair in year two? Or how do you think expectations will be viewed in his second season? Yeah, and a lot of it depends on who they who they get. But but obviously, once you get past year one, you know, it, it becomes it, it's the onus is more on the coach. You, you know, you, you could say, all right, it's a year one. You inherited a bad situation. So, uh, you didn't really have time to go flesh out your roster because, you know, these guys, just like in other sports, they get hired and then the signing period's right there. So, um, but you get to year two, year three, then it becomes, well, what are you, what exactly are you doing to, to fix it? How, where, where can we see some progress? Now, there, there's some things this, this team did get better as the year went on. Um, I, I'll also say this. I, I think that you have to be careful 
you know, really putting too much stock into it because teams that played defense this year, they did not get better against. Uh, you know, Tennessee, who is probably one of the best defense teams in the country under Barnes year of the year out, uh, slaughtered them twice. Um, Texas A&M plays great defense under Buzz Williams, beat him by what, 40? You know, uh, I just don't, you know, that kind of thing has to change, you know, because in college basketball, you're going to run into teams that guard. Sure that, uh, you know, that they get a little bit better in these games with these uh, teams, that, you know, guard, get, get in your, get in your grill and guard you, so to speak. Uh, yeah, as far as expectations here, can they get the NIT? I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people, if they got back to like where Frank Martin's final, whatever the teams besides the pandemic team after the final four did, if you can get back to that competitive in the league, uh, I think people would be happy. And, and if you really think about it, Chris, you know, they had a lot of close losses that could have gone either way. Um, you know, two overtime, I mean, three, three overtime losses uh, in the SEC. So they'd have won those at seven. Uh, Frank's team after the Final Four, I think, went seven and 11 in the league. Uh, you know, but but the ugly losses, the things like getting blown out by three mid majors in Charleston over Thanksgiving is not going to cut it, you know, and waxed at home by 40 by anybody's not going to cut it. You know, I think outside of Kentucky, Gamecock fans could you know, are not going to accept that, you know, but with some of the, these other schools. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like the fact there's three guys. Those three guys are coming back, but you got 13 on a roster. So let's see who else, uh, uh, who else they can go get. Yeah. JC switching over to the diamond and what a weekend it was. The best rivalry in all of college baseball delivers yet again, and an emotional weekend, a jam packed action weekend for sure. And, South Carolina takes two of three from Clem Sucks. Obviously, the game Friday, a tough one at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. Uh, a game that really it just felt like the Tigers' night from literally the first pitch when they hit the first pitch from Will Sanders over the left field fence to take the early lead. But Gamecocks bounce back in a big way. I'll be honest, J.C., I, about the fifth inning Saturday, I would have told you we were probably dead, and, and South Carolina refused in the sixth, seventh, eighth, some big home runs from guys like Carson Hornung, Cole Messina, and then, of course, Sunday, I think we all felt confident at Founders Park, your home field, of course, and the advantage you had on the mound that the Gamecocks were going to get the job done and complete the series victory. But, uh, you know, I'll be honest, JC, and not really trying to obviously pat myself on the back, but, you know, in, in a weekend where so many thought it was just going to be an easy sweep for the Gamecocks, you know, I, I really felt like it was going to play out the way it did, and it did. And thankfully, South Carolina was on the right side of it. Just your overall thoughts on – South Carolina's performance taking two of three. And then, of course, this week in the midweek, I mean, the Gamecocks. The Cocks are officially hot, J.C., the way they're swinging the bat right now and taking care of their business. And But the rivalry series, your overall thoughts on the weekend that was and, and uh, you know, just South Carolina taking care of their business winning two of three. Yeah, you and, Jay, you and Jamie Bradford, my co-host, actually both called that. And I, I called – I said sweet, but I said <laughs> I didn't think they would play the, uh, the, the Friday night game this weekend. I, I thought – uh, the forecast was ominous uh, for a while, and it was nasty until then. <laughs> yeah. It cleared up like it, like it does sometimes, you know. And they got it in. Uh, I think losing to Clemson like that in that first game was a good thing. Uh, you know, baseball is not an undefeated sport. Uh, people can mag put a magnifying glass on that one game and not all they want. 
Uh, that's not predictive of what you're going to do in the SEC. The, the 2000 team won 50 games and lost six. They all lost five in the SEC all year. The sixth loss was to Elon. <laughs> and that's pre-SEC tournament. That team also lost to eight-seeded Kentucky in the first game of the SEC tournament. It's baseball. It happens. You have mad nights. Um, but I think the important thing to take of it was is previous teams, Chris, here, when they got down after coming back and tying it, and then you get back right back down seven to three in Greenville, previous teams hang their head through the motions, toss it in, give up. What do you say? And, and those teams that around here that have not been very good since Tanner left, um, but good game cut baseball teams don't do that. They, they get back up off the mat and they'll battle you. And, uh, you know, I, I thought coming back, Hornig's home run was huge because he was in a slump at the time. Uh, and then Messina hitting one to uh, Anderson. <laughs> that's that's the Gamecock baseball program we all remember. You know, is okay. They'd only come back, but then the next time, this next guy's going to get a hold of one and and really make you feel hurt your feelings. Uh, and then Sunday, uh, you know, man, if the wind hadn't been what it was at Founders Park, you know, Gamecocks <laughs> may have won like 13, 14 to one. I mean, because there were several balls that could have left the yard. I had the wind been a little different. So, you know, I, I think that's cool. I mean, you know, since they got down seven to three to Clemson, they've outscored their opponents 42 to five. Um, you always talk about, you know, your midweek games and your mid-majors that could challenge you. And, and, and Citadel and Upstate, you know, have had their moments this year. Upstate's in a slump right now, bigly. But they did beat Clemson, and, you know, they've, they've beaten some other teams, and they got a good good baseball team up there. And Citadel always gives Carolina problems. Now, week. 42 to five. This baseball team's outscored its opponents since falling behind seven to three against Clemson and Greenville. So 42 to five. That's uh that's impressive. And you know, they hit a little lull there against Penn and whatever. Uh but but that's the way the hitting I think is gonna be for this team this year. Uh, they're gonna get really hot and then they're gonna have kind of some dips. But uh I still love their approach. I think you know, getting up off the mat and and, and getting back to those hitting ways uh, is important because it does a lot for confidence. I mean, you score 19 runs, does a lot for confidence. Uh, and, you know, you got a good chance for a sweep against Bethune-Cookman. They're an NCAA tournament team a lot from, from down there in Daytona. But uh, you got a chance to sweep them and beat PC. It'd be 21-1 and one, uh, going into the Georgia series. I don't think anybody would have uh, not taken that at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think that would rival some of your better starts. I think if you look could look across program history, I think that would be one of your better starts in program history. And, and you make a good point, JC, too, about that that weekend series against Clem Sucks, but also the midweek. I mean, it, they made me look foolish. I thought maybe this would be the week where, you know, you could potentially lose your first midweek of the season, like you mentioned, the Citadel and USC Upstate, two proud baseball programs, and we all know what Blake Cooper does over at the Citadel. And then, again, Upstate just uh, beat the arch rival, beat the Tigers, um, you know, just over a week ago or so. And, I mean, South Carolina, that, yeah. that to me felt like, like you mentioned, that felt like kind of the old-school Gamecock teams where it's just like we just dismantle the opponent in the midweek. I mean, sure, you're going to – every now and then there's a hiccup. No doubt it's baseball. But, like, the old-school Gamecock baseball teams, I mean, I recall winning – beating College of Charleston like 20-4, to four, like just literally batting practice. And so, um, you know, it, it's a positive sign, right? And I, and I think to – 
to beat up on pitching like that, you know, I, I don't think it, it spells that you're going to do that against SEC pitching. But I talked a lot about it, JC, in the preseason, just building that confidence against the non-conference uh, because you're going to see, obviously, the the best of the best starting next weekend. And, uh, you know, I, I think that'll really tell the tale for this season, obviously, is how you fare against, you know, when you've got to see dude after dude after dude on SEC weekends. But certainly that's the question that everybody's got. And, uh, I think what's so impressive, JC, too, is you see the Gamecocks, like you mentioned, that 42-5 to 5 number and see them in the midweek doing what they're doing. There's other SEC teams that are not taking care of their business. So you, you can't really, like – write it off as, oh, it's just the midweek or it's a non-conference. I mean, I see Tennessee out here losing to Boston College. Vandy's got to go to 17 innings to beat Evansville. I mean, it's it's happening all – you know, even Florida, who's been so good this year, has lost a couple of inexcusable midweeks. So, yeah, it's – it's um, I you know, I, it, it's been nice to see for sure. Yeah, and midweek losses have cost this, this team. I mean – even going back to Kingston's first year, the Gamecocks were sitting at like 20 and 17 and then lost to PC. Yeah. Uh, I've done that a couple of times uh, under Kingston. And uh, they did make the NCAA tournament, went to a good regional in East Carolina and won it and got to the Supers. But losing midweek games like that can can really be dicey once you get towards selection time and uh, could be the difference between hosting and not hosting, you know, in a lot of, a lot of ways. So, you won't win them. Tanner also put a big emphasis on winning them. Uh, I think I got a little theory about why they're knocking the cover off the ball in the midweek. Uh, uh, I think it has to do a lot with the pitching because uh, I, I think when you go out there and you start the guys they start and you got Jerzen Beck and, and you got uh, Becker and Eli Jones and these guys that, that go out there that, are, that could be weekend starters at another school um, that's not as blessed with pitching as Carolina – and I think it gets your bats excited. You know, they, they you know, it, 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 if you get a pitcher that goes out there and gives up eight runs, right, in, in two innings, uh, then your bats, you start pressing at the plate. You can't relax and you don't feel like, you know, you feel like I got it. We got to do this ourselves. Baseball's hard enough uh, without putting that added pressure on you. So um, I, I love what they're getting uh, out of their midweek starters. I, I think I think Eli Jerzen back, man, my favorite pitcher of all time at Carolina. Um, and I don't know him. I know like Campbell and Kip Bognight and those guys, and I like them a lot as people and stuff. And enjoy to watch them play. It's a guy named Chad Blackwell in '04, and he, he looked like a, like a like a like an octopus out there throwing the ball. I was like, how in the hell do you hit him? Eli drink uh Eli Drinkwitz. Eli Jerzenbeck reminds me of that type of guy. It's just his his unique delivery and all that. I I think hitters are gonna struggle with that cat all year long. And good news is he's a freshman, so they got him around for a little bit. So um I think those that uh that the pitching depth uh, is fascinating. And by and shout out too to James Hicks on Sunday. What a performance. Uh Mahoney had a it didn't have a bad start. Uh, Mahoney goes out after four innings, and Hicks just mows them down. He's absolutely filthy. Uh, as there's enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think this team can get into the rhythm and, and win their share of games and have the resume to host or whatever. You, you get any opponent at Founders Park in the postseason with that pitching staff, and if and as long as they're not in a terrible slump like they have been O two oh then the uh, twenty sixteen supers against Oklahoma State and then the, the regionals uh, two years ago. As long as they don't get a slump like that, yeah, you know, this team could definitely make a run. Uh, but they just got to keep winning and keep doing the things they're doing. And uh, 
you know, not not let one loss lead to another. All right, because they will lose again, fans. Don't panic. <laughs> and I, now I'll admit, I'm glad nobody saw my cell phone around the sixth, seventh inning on Saturday. <laughs> I, I was a little bit like, ah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, they turned it around. and I, I, I probably overreacted a little bit on that. But, uh, you know, don't. Don't overreact when they will lose a game again. But, uh, you know, right now it certainly looks great. Yeah, I mean, trust me, I was I was the same way uh, Saturday. I, I thought that, I thought we were dead. I, I didn't see it happening. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, again, they proved us all wrong. And thank goodness they did. And, again, the beautiful thing about baseball, like you mentioned, J.C., is you're going to lose. It's inevitable. You're going to have some rough weekends in SEC play. But the beauty is you have the opportunity to bounce back. That is a beautiful thing about the game of baseball. And, Certainly, that'll be the case this year. Um, JC, I definitely want to touch on the football side of things because by the time we chat next week, believe it or not, spring ball will be underway as the Gamecocks hit the practice field for their first practice next Tuesday, March the 14th. Shane Beamer, of course, speaking to the media. I think that was on Friday, if I recall correctly. Either way, in the last couple of days, spoke to the media. Uh, Kept it pretty simple, kept it pretty basic. Nothing earth-shattering, as you would expect. I'll just ask you because, again, you know, I I feel like the – our own excitement that we create or that we feel is probably more than you actually get out of spring practice. You know, we're not necessarily there. Uh, The spring game is a glorified scrimmage, but I'll ask you this, any storylines that stand out to you as we approach the start of spring practice, any storylines that stand out that you were looking for uh, as the Gamecocks hit the practice field? Yeah. And I'll give you a couple that may not be as obvious. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, when you talk about concerns, running back is a concern, you know, uh, I, I think that most people are wondering, you know, how do you replace Jalen Brooks production and uh, Josh Vance production? Those two combined were awfully solid, uh, especially down the stretch last year. Um, who's going to play tight end, you know? Uh, and I, I think, I think there's an answer there uh that they got through the portal. I think, I think it's going to be Trey Knox and Simon and then Elks and this will be your blocker, but uh, everybody kind of knows that. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated, Chris, by who's going to play offensive tackle. Um, and I think Lonnie Teasley can go a, a, a number of different ways with this because they have the Sydney Fugar kid from Western Illinois and everybody's seen his workout uh, <laughs> video pictures, you know, six, five, three twenty two, and, and, you know, built like a refrigerator. I mean, this guy, it, there's there's nothing, you know, that doesn't scream, you know, absolute monster with him. I, you know, I've seen his film. He can play really well at that level. How's he going to do against the SEC and the quickness and all that? So that, that's that's one question. It's a name that Jason Henry's going to miss the spring because I think he's another guy that could start. Um, or, you know, will they just stick with the older guys and 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 you know? Uh, is, is it going to be – we're going to see Nichols and Wanamaker at right and left tackle again, and then Lee and Ja'Kai Moore on the inside, and, you know, Ray Jones mixed in there somewhere, maybe at center. Uh, and then Nick Gargiulo, uh, now he is healthy. And, and I hear and believe that, that that's a guy they absolutely believe will start at center. Um, and so, so is maybe he the guy, and then – you know, Trey Jones, maybe Ja'Kai slides back out of tackle. I, I don't know. You know, I, I think that it's going to be an interesting decision uh, or an interesting competition if if the newcomers like Fugar uh, and Gargiulo 
are ready to play and are better than what they have. Uh, and then, of course, Jason Henry, when we start uh, fall practice, uh, could be a factor as well. I, I think inside the program, they, uh, I was told they feel like he's a future NFL player at tackle. So uh, that's all going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, as far as uh, do they go stick with the veterans, which is kind of what my gut feeling is with the exception of Gargiulo at center. Uh, or do some of these new guys supplant uh, some of the older guys? And, and in other words, did, does Tyshawn uh, not play tackle anymore? Is he strictly an inside guy? Um, and the other spot on defense, I think, is is corner. Uh, if I had to project a depth chart right now, I'd, I'd say O'Donnell Fortune and, and Marcellus Dial are going to be your two two corners, but. You know, and, and this is another thing. Another guy that's missing, Anthony Rose, probably would have had something to say about that. Um, so, number one, if those are going to be your guys, how good are they going to be? And, and, I, and I think as long as they both take a step, and I don't force them. You know, I know they had the 100-yard pickoff uh, or pickoff, 100-yard uh, pick, pick six in the bowl game. But in talking to people inside the program uh, during bowl practice week, you know, the whole buzz was about O'Donnell Fortune. So it, it didn't really come as a surprise to me because he had done it in practice and gotten better and all that. Uh, behind them, you know, is, is it going to be a guy like Emory Floyd? You know, are they going to play Nelson at nickel or are they going to play him at corner? Is Kawan Banks a nickel or is he a corner? Because Kawan Banks, you know, is not that big, but he's got great hips and good coverage skills. You know, do they slide – you know, someone in safety is Nick and Warren. Now, one thing I do know, M and Warren and DQ Smith are not moving the linebacker. Uh, there's been some speculation about that simply because they're both big and everybody hates on the linebackers around here. But uh, I was told absolutely no way that's happening. So those are going to be safeties, but one could be a nickel, one could be back. I mean, you know, so the secondary is very, very interesting as well. You know, just sort of like, you know, the last, the last years, they have a lot of bodies back there, a lot of names. Uh, he's got to kind of have to figure out where everybody's playing. And, you know, uh, I think that's probably one of the hardest things to figure out because uh, Torian Gray and Clayton White always kind of have a surprise back there for us. You know, like, oh, well, this guy's now this. <laughs> and it usually works out. So uh, I'm watching that that side of the ball, uh, the back end on that side of the ball pretty closely. JC, going to be a lot of fun, obviously, to follow along. And Tuesday it'll get going, and the buzz is already – uh, electric around South kind of football and counting down the 2023 season. And certainly we'll get a, a, a an appetizer, if you will, to that with spring practice getting underway. J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks. J.C., I'll let you get to it. I know you guys have your show up coming at 11, and I'll be joining you guys right after we get done here at noon. Again, thank you for being flexible yep. with the schedule and everything and looking forward to chatting with you guys. Always appreciate the, the, hey. the, the great conversation. Hey, no problem. Looking forward to talking to you second hour this week, and uh, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. We'll talk soon. Appreciate you, J.C. Great stuff, as always, with J.C. Sherber. Guys, we are going to jump into a quick break. On the other side, hey, phone lines are open. I want to hear from you, your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, <clears throat> calls as well. Excuse me. 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Thursday, March the 9th, 2023. Again, thank you to J.C. Sherbert for taking the time to chat with us. Had an absolute blast chatting with him, if you can tell. Yeah, we actually did move locations. 
I need to get closer so we could utilize this charger over here. Let's see. Okay. Phone lines are open. I know my guy Brendan was asking for a full breakdown of Bethune-Cookman, which you're going to get one. The Bethune-Cookman, I believe it's the Wildcats. Let me double check on that. Yeah, the Wildcats. Your quick scouting report. They're hitting 274 as a ball club. Uh, just seven home runs on the season, so not nearly the power surge that South Carolina has seen. When you look on the bump, a 4.81 ERA. Um, and you look at the schedule, Bethune-Cookman coming off a 10-1 loss to Florida State in the midweek. They are 8-5 overall. Uh, 0-2 on the road, by the way. They've struggled away from home. Started their season off taking 2-3 of three from Lehigh in the opening weekend, then lost to FIU um, in the midweek, 12-2. Then swept Purdue-Fort Wayne by scores of 13-8, 9-5, and 7-4. And then also 10 nothing. So they swept in a four-game series. Uh, lost to UCF in the midweek, 9 to nothing, And then took two of three from Longwood last weekend. Lost the first game, 9 to 5. Won games 2 and 3, 14 to 2, 9 0. And then, of course, lost to FSU, 10 to 1. So South Carolina, I mean, against better competition, they've scored one run, zero runs, two runs. The game caught should have a great opportunity for the pitching to shine yet again. And I think we're all obviously expecting the series sweep for obvious reasons. Anyways, 843-790-3377. Appreciate you guys being flexible. I will be jumping on Inside the Gamecocks right after this show ends at noon. Obviously, being out and about on the road, the craziness, whatever, just thought, hey, let's move the show up. Uh, let's bump the show up and go ahead and just rock in the morning so I can get out and about and do the damn thing and just Enjoy this beautiful weather outside. If you can't tell behind me, it is a beautiful day. I'll let you know exactly what the temperature is, where I am here, just because I'm curious, too, and I want to see what the weather is. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. High of, high of 80 today, 86 tomorrow, 83 Saturday, and 88 on Sunday. Love that. Love that. Love that for me, truly. Anyways, 843-790-337. And of course, guys, as always, if you're having any technical issues, audio issues, video, whatever, let me know so we can get those corrected. But, uh, you know, either way, guys, I will say this. The the series this weekend, I think we're all obviously fully expecting a sweep. The final non-conference weekend before SEC play. I think that's the big thing to look at is it's the final tune-up. The final tune-up for the Yardcocks, right? Offensively, you're pitching to be sharp you know, solidifying roles, all that good stuff. It's the final weekend to do that and take care of that business. So I think the Gamecocks will have no problem with it. Um, I think the Gamecocks will have no problem. Dude, I'm just on a total side note because I feel like this is a random Thursday been a random week. I'm just amazed. So where I'm staying, they've got a, a very, very cute dog, by the way. And they've got this dog bowl. We're going to have to get this for our dogs. They've got this dog bowl where it's like the water's in the bowl but there's a top on it where, like, the dog has to, like, push it down kind of with their tongue to get the water. So it doesn't look like a full bowl. I don't know if that makes any sense. Hey, puppy. <clears throat> I don't know if that makes any – hey. That makes any sense what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. This dog is so – this is another reason I moved here. This dog is so needy. So this dog, guys, Go. Go. You got it. There you go. 
This dog is extremely needy. So what this dog, this dog's nine years old, right? So this dog knows the tip, tips and tricks and all that good stuff. <clears throat> it will literally go to the door and like scratch the door when it wants to go out. And when it wants to come in, it'll scratch the door from the outside. Like it'll tell you. This dog is very smart. So crazy, crazy. Anyways. Eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven guys. Of course, Court Cox. The season ends last night uh, in Nashville. Which you know what? I think we're okay with it. I I, I would have rather not watch South Carolina today at three o'clock get blown out by forty points. I would have rather not. So, just me. That's just me. That's. And it wants back in. The dog wants back in. We just let the dog out. We just let you out. What What did you need to go do? What What do you need to do that took two seconds? Just take a Just take a quick leak. I mean, my God. Jeez. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, Dave Garrick says, kind of liking this ten to twelve. Are you okay? That's that's. Do you guys like 10 to 12 more than noon to 2? Do you like 10? I mean, it's it's everything is going to work differently for everyone's schedules. I will say this, because I've thought about this before in the past, Dave. You know, obviously the podcast and the Daily Crow, they're two separate things. The only way they wouldn't be separate things, if I were to do that, if I were to, yeah, well, Colton, it's not my house, so they, they just, whatever, they, whatever. Um, if I were to ever get to a point where I said, you know what, we're going to make TDC's the podcast, the podcast is TDC, the live show is going to be the podcast, all the good stuff. Because I could see that being a reality down the road at some point. I could, because right now, sometimes I think to myself, am I, am I work smarter, not harder, right? If If I'm all about efficiency, does it make any sense to not do that? And to just, Hey, cover the cover the bullet points and cover the topics I would cover in the podcast here. Like, I could do that. I could most certainly do that. Um, but if we did do that, I would rock the show probably like a 9 to 12. I, I would extend it to three hours, and I would go probably 9 to 12. Probably 9 to 12. I, I, don't, I don't know. That's just – I'm just kind of thinking out loud, sort of brainstorming. But uh, I don't know. You guys let me know. Do, do you like the – do you like the noon to two? I, I would be curious to take a poll and to ask people if the show was going to be aired at a different time, what time would you prefer? And I think the only other slot I would go with personally is morning. And I'm not even a morning guy like that, but I'm not a fan of the six to eight or the seven to nine or even like the five to seven show. I'm just, I'm just not really a fan of it. Um, you know, I, I like to have my day. So anyways, kind of a random side note. I appreciate you all. Look at this mug. Look at this mug. Look at that. Look at that. Adorable. The dog dad mug. Anyways, let's see. Big wash. We got some nice young pieces to build on. It wasn't a bad season in year one of a new coach. We're also bringing a few nice pieces in. I mean, for sure, I... I think bringing guys back like Michi Johnson, Josh Gray, Jacoby Wright, those are certainly pieces that you, that you can build around. There's no doubt. Those are certainly pieces that I think returning, you know, we we saw the evolution 
of a Jacoby Wright. We saw the evolution of a Josh Gray this season. And so, you know, bringing those guys back, um, you know, I, I think will, you know, I think it'll, it'll lay a great foundation. Now, you obviously need to go to the portal and, and, and get some quality guys. There's, there's no question. You, you got to go to the portal and get some quality guys. But, uh, you know, we'll see what they can do there. I mean, that, that's what it's going to come down to for, for, for Lamont Paris is taking advantage of the transfer portal. Uh, Gad says 12 to 2. Okay. I, you know, it's just something fun to talk about, Gad. It's something fun to think about. 12 to 2, he says. 12 to 2, 12 to 2. Guys, I am picking the sweep, by the way, this weekend. I uh, haven't dropped the graphic yet, <clears throat> but I think the Gamecocks will take down Bethune Cookman in a sweep. And so, like JC Sherbert mentioned, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Um, South Carolina has a chance to start 21-1. and 21-1. and one. Crazy, man. Crazy. That would be an incredible start. Incredible start. Mm-mm. Let's see. <clears throat> Cody Gaskins, I don't care about what time, just don't end the podcast. I, I know Cody, we've got we've got a serious morning crew that would be devastated if that podcast did not drop at 5 a.m. So I I'm probably not going to do it, Cody. I'm always kind of playing around with that idea, but I, I just can't do it. I can't do it. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Skyland, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Great win last night. I think yeah. we win. Yeah, 19 to 1. Did you see the comments, by the way, yeah, from Kingston I, I, on I on Gavin Cassis? Yeah. Uh, 
I've uh, I haven't looked into it to be honest with you, but well, if I'm, it's the hamstring, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kingston said he's going to be fine, so it's it's not like a big deal or anything. So I guess you know we'll see. Is that it could be coaches talk too? So <clears throat> it could, it could. I mean, we might not see a whole lot of Gavin Cassis this weekend, but I mean, you, you obviously just want to get him rested and, and ready for SEC play. So that's you know the number one priority. But uh, it sounds like you ought to be fine. Skyland, you there, my guy? I think we might have lost Skyland. See if we can get Skyland to give us a call back. I think also the phone line here might might be glitching on us a little bit. Give me two. And I, I promise you, I know we're, we only have one loss, mm. but if there's just something still holding me back. Yeah. And, I, and it could just be I'm not a Kingston fan. I mean, Kingston's done nothing in the six years he's been here to make me a fan. And one year is not – and these first couple games we played is not going to change my mind of how I feel about him. Well, you know, to J.C. Sherbert's point, man, if you if you can start 21-1 and – uh. I'll feel pretty good about that. I will feel yeah. pretty good about that. So, I mean, I, I think at minimum, is this team going to be much different than I thought they'd be in SEC play? I don't know. You know, we still might be a 15 and 15 or maybe a 16 to 14 club, which would be a solid year. But because of what we're doing solely in the non-conference, it might push us over the top from, from going on the road for a regional to hosting. I mean, truly, right. when you think about it, truly. I mean, if you go into SEC play 21 and 1, and let's say you go 15 and 15 in SEC play. That right there is 36 wins. I mean, you're going to have a great chance to hit 40 wins just because yeah. of what you've done in the non-conference. And remember in the so. preseason, remember in the preseason when I gave my prediction, I said this could be a 40-win team if we swung the bats. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, And, and we're swinging it right yeah. now. And if, if this continues, even during SEC play, there's no doubt in my mind we're a 40-win team. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Which would be a major accomplishment, obviously, to win forty games, and I think it would yes. be one of the one of the biggest turnarounds in in college baseball. So, I'm not a Debbie Downer to this baseball program. I'm a Debbie Downer to Mark Kingston. But if he can go out here and win forty games this year, hey, he's got my vote for at least another year. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So, I just want to continue to win. I want to continue to do it at a, a fashionly manner. Like I love last night, we we scored off of every single way. It wasn't just home runs; it was base hits. We ran the bases. You know, we had seventeen hits last night. That's what I like to see. Yeah. By the way, correction: we've got four more games to SEC play. Uh, seventeen and one would be the best yeah, case I, scenario. I, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah I, I, J, I don't know. I think JC and I got our math confused when he was on. But either way, seventeen and one, which would be an incredible start. Um, and again, you think about all the Tuesday nights you have. And again, if you go 15 and 15, you're still going to find yourself getting around 37, 38, creeping towards, you know, potentially that 40 win mark, which again would be a fantastic I still got season. Us, so. I still got us between <clears throat> 33 and 35 wins as of right now. Like I said, I think we go 20 and 6 non conference. And uh, like the way it looks, we might only, we might only lose one non conference game. Yeah. 
So you might just definitely get that 40 wins this year. Yeah, well, you know, I I think about the Tuesdays against, like, North Carolina, Charlotte. I mean, we've got some tough ones left, and then baseball is crazy, and you never know what could happen against some of these small teams. But uh, And and there's always the weekend in the SEC where you want to beat somebody you're supposed to lose to and lose to to somebody you're supposed to beat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the parity in the league is so great, man. There's so many good teams, and that can certainly happen. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's you know, the SEC baseball season, I just tell people to buckle up, man, because it's, it's going to be one one hell of a ride, dude. It, it always is. It's it's always crazy. So. Well, I tell you this. I'm excited. I'm very optimistic. I'm ready to get some positive vibes out there. Uh, you know, I'm usually negative when it comes to Mark Kingston, but I got nothing negative to say. I can't give any credit out right now because we're doing what we're supposed to do. Versus the teams we played, and let's go. Do, let's go do this versus teams we're not supposed to do this against. Yeah, we'll see, man. Going to be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot of fun for sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you know, I wish Compton was ready to play. We could, we could definitely see what he was made of this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if if uh, Hornell is going to move the first this weekend while Messina catches. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting. I like, like I said, I think we'll be extra careful with Gavin Cassis and, and getting him ready for the right. SEC. Or you could see where Jonathan French catch all weekend, and you know Messina plays first. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good point. Most definitely. Well, uh, I don't know where you at, but I can tell you're not at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're on the road, my guy. Just taking a little uh, little family vacay. So, oh, to Gamecock Nation, give Coach Paris a chance. I know this season wasn't the prettiest, but I mean he was left with nothing, mm-hmm. and he had no time to rebound what he had. I'm not ready to judge Coach Parrish yet because of what he was left with, but in by, by another year or two, I think we I think I will be ready to judge him. This mm-hmm. season was very ugly, but he was left with basically nobody. Yeah, I mean, I, I think most fans are are being understanding and being patient, and giving him a chance. But uh, yeah, there's going to have to be major improvement next year. I, I think the lack of competitiveness in big games or just SEC games, you know, I think like starting out the season slow, like the way you looked in Charleston, you know, getting blasted by some some smaller schools, if you will. I mean, I think Gamecock basketball fans can put up with a lot, but. And we've got plenty of time before the next season begins. But there, there's definitely some corrections and some improvements that are going to have to be made. You know, it goes without saying going in a year or two. But I, I think most fans, Skyland, are patient for the most part. But, uh, you know, getting this thing at minimum back to just a competitive product to where you're fighting for some sort of postseason play, I, I think that's where you need to be. Because, unfortunately, again, this is this is not a – a program to where fans are, are, are going to be giddy about sticking around and following along and going to games and, and doing those type of things when you're winning four or five SEC games. It's just, it's just, it's just not, you know, fans, you know, at that point, I think we will completely just flip the attention to, you know, women's basketball or, or, or whatever football's got going on at the time or, or baseball or what have you. It's, it's just, you know, we need a product. Fans need a product. I think Lamont can deliver it to us. I think it can, but, I do think it's imperative in year two that they make major strides and and make major improvements, and uh, that'll obviously start recruiting and building out to the transfer portal. But uh, you know, he had that grace period. He got that grace period in year one. I think the I think the uh, the expectations will be a little bit more harsh going into year two of his tenure. Right. Well, uh, just a little update to you. Maybe you know. Maybe you don't know. But uh, 
Frank Martin has got some non-fans at UMass. They're, they're, some of them were saying that he's just a big baby. He's very unprofessional, and all he does is scream. And, you know, UMass, some, some UMass fans are not liking what they see out of Frank Martin. Color me shocked, man. Color me shocked. <laughs> anyway, you have a good day. Wherever you at, I hope you have a blast. I'm going to uh, State Augustine, Florida tomorrow. And I will be going all weekend. So I will be at the beach drinking my Michelob Ultra and getting ready for SEC play. I love it, my guy. Hey, have fun, Scotland. Be safe, and I appreciate you. Let's get a sweep this weekend. Let's get a sweep, indeed. I appreciate you, Skyland. Take care, my man. Bye. Appreciate Skyland as always calling in. And, uh, you know, he closed it out talking about the Bethune-Cookman series. And, you know, this series, guys, it's all about South Carolina. That, that, that's what it comes down to. It's one final tune-up before SEC play gets going, right? It's one final tune-up for your starting rotation. Will Sanders, Noah Hall, Jack Mahoney for your bullpen, for your guys swinging the sticks, obviously. It all comes down to the Gamecocks. I don't think any of us sit here and really feel like Bethune, Cookman, the, the Wildcats are going to pose any real threat or any real challenge in regards to winning the series and maybe even winning a game. And I don't want to, you know, speak too poorly on them, respect your opponent. But realistically, South Carolina should be able to take care of business. I'm predicting them to take care of business in a sweep. And again, it really just comes down to the Gamecocks and, and staying hot and feeling as good as you can going into SEC play because the, the challenge will be much more severe when you go on the road next weekend to take on the Georgia Bulldogs in Athens. So, you know, continuing to stay hot, continuing that positive momentum, you know, last-minute things, last-minute adjustments the guys are working on or doing. And also, by the way, guys, it's the last opportunity for your coaching staff to try out different guys in different spots and give dudes looks. And, you know, you look at a guy like a Dylan Brewer, for example, who, you know, started out this season as one of your starting outfielders, had a horrific opening weekend. He practically gets benched. And now all of a sudden, it looks like he might have won the job. So this weekend, it'll be huge for a guy like a Dylan Brewer. Because if he can stay hot, I think going into SEC play, he'll lock down that starting outfielder job over in Evan Stone. So, you know, either way, a big weekend for the Gamecocks specifically. It's all about the Yardcocks. Just getting that final tune-up in before we really get going to SEC play, which is really what separates the men from the boys. So anyways, guys, would love to hear from you. 843-790-3377. I do apologize, by the way, earlier our math was incorrect. It's not 21 and one going into SEC play. It's 17 and one if you win your next four. Guys, we'll go ahead and jump into another break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Thursday. Justin, what's going on, my friend? Appreciate you tuning in. He said, we sure beat the mess out of USC Upstate. Yeah, that was a good old-fashioned butt whooping. That was a butt whooping. Um, Ryan, I was given, heard the dog ball comment. We were given one of those and the mold super fast. They mold super fast, or at least the one we did, did if you don't wash them every day or two. Well, these are not mine, so I, I'm sure they take care of them. There's a, it's called Levels Pet, I think. I'm, I'm trying to look at the logo on the side. I mean, they look cool, so I don't know. I'm sure they take care of it, but uh, 
And it looks clean, looks sanitary, but uh, I don't know. I've just never seen something like that before. I don't know. Very interesting. People will go the distance when the dog parents, right? Just go all, all, all out for the pups, which they deserve it. They deserve it. Go all out with the pups. Either way, either way, 84-3790-3377. Guys, I appreciate you all tuning in as the dog comes over, and I'm sure. Here we go. Watch this. Watch this. What do you want? Good puppy. You're beautiful. Pretty girl. Mm-hmm. I wish I could show you, but this dog's a little... Oh, that, there it is. See? It's just like... The, let me out. Let me out. Why do you need to go out so often? Like, this this dog needs a doggy door. Straight up. Like, if you need to go out that often, just can't decide. Dog can't decide what it wants to do. Frank, 177 days till football. <clears throat> Love it. Frank, hope you're doing well, my friend. Yeah, Justin, any thoughts on Michi, Jacoby, and Josh coming back? I think it's huge. Justin, I think it's huge. I think it's a great foundation, right, when we start to turn our attention to year two of Lamont Paris. Uh, getting back Michi Johnson, Jacoby Wright, and Josh Gray are massive, especially when you think about the growth and the evolution of Jacoby and Josh's game. Also, Michi, we all know about him. He was a lethal shooter for you this year. And we all know it's going to come down to building, you know, pieces and recruiting, the transfer portal, what have you. But that's a great starting point, I think. I think those are three quality pieces, um, especially, you know, again, Josh and Jacoby, like I mentioned. They, they were – the improvement you saw in their games over the course of the season, I think is something that was really, really encouraging. So, you know, are these three guys that are three All-Americans? Maybe not necessarily, but they're three very solid SEC basketball players. And that's what you need more of when your roster is – SEC quality basketball players. I think it's a great starting point. Um, you know, I, I think all three guys can still massively improve in their game, but uh, it's a great foundation to take into year two of Lamont Paris for sure. Guys, I just posted a poll on Twitter saying it's never too early to look ahead. What are your expectations for year two? Here we go. Let's jump back to the phone lines. Dalton. Dalton, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, man. Uh, how's it going? I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Um, well, I just wanted to let you know, after last night, I've seen enough. I have, uh, now put $50 on a future for South Carolina to win the College World Series. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Why if, not? Go ahead and book the if, flights. Book, if I one, hit. book the flights to Omaha, my guy. Yeah, if, if I hit, it, uh, it'll be 100 G's. And uh, that'll be enough to, uh, yeah, 100 G's, baby. 100 G's. Wow. Well, no, it's, I, think it's, I think it would be 50. So it would be 50 G's if you risk 50. Wow. 100 G's if you risk 100. Wow. I mean, I got a right mind to just throw a little, a little C note on it, my guy. I, I, I got a I right mind to just throw 100 on it out of principle. Truly. <laughs> Golly. Why not? I mean, why not, dude? Don't let the cocks get hot. Why not? <clears throat> Good Lord. But my, That's crazy. My question right, right now is, I mean, I look at the rest of the SEC, and I know that we're not ranked as high, yeah. I guess, or we're not getting as much love as a lot of other teams in the SEC are, but I would put us top five in the SEC right now because I see all these other teams like, 
struggle, Vanderbilt struggling with Evansville, you know, Ole Miss having some struggles, Mississippi State having some struggles. Where do you think we line up going into SEC play with these other teams? Well, and as I was, far as yeah. you know, where we're going to finish in the conference. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say to your point. I mean, Saturday on South, they dropped their most up-to-date SEC baseball power rankings, if you will, and uh, they had the Gamecocks seventh, which I didn't really have a problem with. You know, it's just interesting, Dalton, because it's tough to say because again, SEC play is truly where the men get separated from the boys. So, do I think we're a top half of the league? SEC team from what I've seen yes uh from what I've seen yes I mean I I would say this I think LSU's up there I think Florida's up there I think Ole Miss is probably up there Tennessee I still believe is up there I think you can throw the Gamecocks in that mix I think that um I, I don't I don't know about Alabama yet I think they're a very quality team very quality team I think Arkansas, you could fight for them to be up there. Vandy, I still believe. I think Vandy's going to be a solid team. I don't know if they're going to be great, but they're going to be solid. Texas A&M, what are they really? Um, it's it's so tough, man, because it's so competitive. But <clears throat> I think absolutely, you know, you, you could fight for a case right now for South Carolina. I mean, hell, you look at the standings and what they're doing. And, you know, I think it's fair to say the Gamecocks are at minimum a top half of the SEC team. And if you're a top half of the SEC team, by the way, that – See, that wouldn't really move move the needle or make waves if we were talking football. But in baseball, where seven of the top ten are SEC, that's a big deal, right, if you're top half of this league. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Gamecocks are right up there, man. And I, I know we're, you know, we're kind of clamoring for, for more respect as we sit here 13-1, and one, ranked 20th in the country. But, you know, you take care of your business in SEC play and – you know, go go take two of three, or better yet, sweep Georgia to open it up. I guarantee you, you'll really start to get that uh, that uh, that that respect that you're looking for. So, I mean, you got Georgia to open up. You got Mizzou the second weekend at Mississippi State the third weekend. You know, all things considered, my guy, when you really think about like the 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 layout of the SEC and what teams are doing right now, those first three SEC games or SEC weekends, excuse me, that I mentioned. You know, Georgia, they were a team that was not picked to make the postseason. Not a great ball club. They'll be dangerous on the road in Athens. I think that'll be a challenge. But that's one I think realistically South Carolina should win two of three. You'd expect them to win two of three. Missouri at home, you know, a team that, again, all these teams in the SEC are dangerous, by the way. So I don't want to <clears throat> I don't want to keep repeating myself. But Mizzou, you know, a dangerous team early in the season, looked really good in that tournament they played in. But that's a team that realistically was picked at the bottom of the SEC East and you've got them on your home field, you feel good about winning that series two of three or sweeping. At Mississippi State, I mean, I, I don't think Mississippi State's very good. I don't know what's happened to their baseball program, but they are having massive struggles right now. Even in Starkville, that's one you feel good about and I feel confident about going in. So, I mean, dude, it well, sets have up. You seen, <clears throat> go ahead. Have you seen their pitcher that they have? They have an ambidextrous I, I have seen that, yes. That I have, throws yeah. 96 miles an hour right-handed and 91 left-handed. Well, I guess the good news is he can't pitch every day. He probably won't pitch every day, I should say. Um, but my whole That's point, my whole true. point, Dalton, being that the schedule sets up really nicely for that April 6th through 8th series against the LSU Tigers, who will probably still be number one, barring any, you know, early meltdowns, I guess you could say, in SEC play. So, you know, it'd be really cool, man, to see the Yardcocks coming to that one, a top 15, or maybe even, dare I say, a top 10 team, and you know, it'll be a packed out Founders Park and it'll be an electric atmosphere. So 
<coughs> I'm excited for so it. As man. of right, yeah. As of right now, when you <coughs> say for your projections that we're going to get that home field advantage in the regional, or do you think <coughs> you know we'll be we'll be a two seed somewhere traveling? Because I I feel like <coughs> at this point. I feel comfortable saying that we will have at least yeah. the opportunity and a high likelihood to host. And I think that home field advantage in the regional round matters a lot. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I, and I think that's the, and I think that's the question, right? For this team, it's, it's not about, or I talked about this earlier in the week. It's not about, are we better than last year? We are, there's no question. We are, it all comes down to, are we going to be right on the cusp traveling as a two or three seed to a regional? Or are we going to be hosting? And I think, yeah, to your point, Dalton, I mean, I think right now, based off of what we've seen, you know, it, it would be hard to be it, – it would be hard to pick against us to be a host, um, even if we still just hit that 15 and 15 or if we go – if we go – let me tell you this. If we go above 15 and 15 and continue our play in, in non-conference play, I think that no doubt we're hosting. I think we are for sure. So, yeah, I'll say right now – I've got this team hosting. Again, it'll all come down to SEC play and what you do in the conference. But, uh, I mean, you've certainly put yourself in a great position and set yourself up well. And when it comes to the end of the season and, you know, there's a lot of teams that are fighting for hosting bids and are making their case, you know, I think South Carolina is going to have a very compelling case. And we're going to be able to say, hey, while these other teams were struggling in non-conference and struggling in these midweeks, um, we were not. We were not. We were taking care of our business, right? So we deserve to host. So, um, you know, I, I think you're, you know, it's very early still. It's very early, but I think you're putting yourself in a great position, right, early on to uh, to make that, you know, make make that argument of why you should be a regional host. Yeah, I mean, I, from what I've seen, I'm I'm really liking what what I'm seeing from from this baseball team. I think we have legitimate talent all across the board. Yeah. I mean, our pitching depth is probably best in the country so some of the best pitching depth in the country we may not have the best single pitcher but you've got arms up and down that mm-hmm. that rotation you've got guys you can slot in that uh you know can can just bully quote-unquote lesser teams mm-hmm. guys coming out of the bullpen that are elite mlb level pitchers or high level college pitchers so I think really the pitching is going to be the strength. And as long as we can continue to uh, produce uh, at the plate the way that we have, I think, uh, you know, our basically, you know, there's nothing that's going to stop us from winning the college world series and, and uh, get obviously a long way to go, but um, seeing as I now have a future on the game, <laughs> uh, I'm hoping that they can pay off my student debt here. So <laughs> I love that's, it. That's that's kind of where I'm. Hey, I, I love the confidence, Dalton, and obviously from uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed because I we all love to see nothing more, obviously. But for your bet specifically, are are you? All right, let me ask you this: Are you throwing any action on? And I know the odds are not great in the sense of value, but are you throwing any action on uh, Don Staley's team minus two hundred to win the national title? Um. Honestly, the the value just isn't there for a future for me. Like I I do think we're gonna win the the national title, but at minus two hundred, it's like why would you even place that? Uh, you know, as far as as far as futures, especially in baseball, it's like you could literally pick 
any top-level team in the SEC. I mean, last year we saw Ole Miss get in as one of the last teams in the tournament and win the entire thing. So, I mean, at plus 100,000 value, you're getting 50 Gs if it hits yeah. uh, off of $50. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason not to pick the game. I mean, right speaking Dalton specifically on the gambling side, to your point, you could probably throw a $50 bet <clears throat> on the top six SEC teams. And I mean, because if one hits, you make your money back. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to make that money back if you do that. Just, right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You could, technically. And then, you know. Yeah, I mean, the SEC is loaded. When you yeah. look at the Omaha field. For the last, you know, five, six years, pretty much every team's been a team out of the SEC. So, I think you, you've got a pretty good shot. And the Gamecocks, I mean, we're, we're looking good. Maybe not as good as uh, – maybe not as good as LSU or some of these other teams that were highly touted that got these, high, these hot name prospects, uh, you know, in the portal – but I think, you know, come June, we're going to have a legitimate shot to get there. And what a turnaround that would be for yeah. uh, Mark Kingston to miss the tournament one year and then win the whole thing the next. So, yeah, I'm hoping for it. Yeah, no, I do. Dude, listen, I, I, I hope that 15 years from now we're talking about, you know, Mark Kingston and, you know, how he's the, you know, he proved to be the next uh, – the next Ray Tanner, you know, I, we all, I, I would much rather win than change coaches. I can tell you that right now. By the way, just looking at the odds, and we might, I might have to bring you on Dalton as like our full-time gambling guy. Uh, I mean, you look, truly, truly, these are the top SEC teams in their odds. This is via DraftKings, by the way. So wherever you got your number for Carolina, kudos to you. Because what I'm seeing here at DraftKings, okay, <clears throat> you got Tennessee plus 650, LSU plus 700. These are just top SEC teams. Florida plus 1,200, Ole Miss plus 1,500, Arkansas plus 2,000, A&M plus 3,000, and then South Carolina is next at plus 5,000. But truly, again, if you throw 50 – I would be willing to bet you one of those teams is winning the College World Series. One of them is. I'd be – oh, by the way, Vandy plus 1,800. I didn't even see them. One of those teams is going to win the College World Series. One of those SEC teams. I will take the SEC versus the field right now. 100%. And, uh, you know, if we do win, my uh, student loan debt is uh, <laughs> is wiped out. So That's it. We'll, we'll, That's just, it. we'll just hope that uh, – we'll just hope that that happens for me. Yes. So. Yes. Absolutely. Pull for the yard yeah, tax to pay, off, to, my... to pay off Dalton's student loan debt. Big fact. Exactly. Exactly. We need it. <clears throat> yes. We need that. Yes. We need it over here. We need it. But, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to give my two cents about uh, the baseball um, season so far. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, you know, we've got a lot tougher teams ahead of us. But, you know, you look at what we're doing and you look at what the rest of the SEC is doing. And, and I don't know if there's that much of a gap as what the odds makers and, mm-hmm. and what, you know, the media would, would have us believe here. So, yeah. We'll just have to see what happens. For sure. That's going to be a lot of fun, Dalton. It's going to be a lot of fun, as it always is in SEC play. I appreciate the call, my guy. Fingers crossed that the bet hits. Yeah. You have a good one. Yeah, man, Dalton, you too. Appreciate you. Great stuff from our friend Dalton. Uh, 50 bucks to win 50000 Good Lord.
My goodness. Anyways, guys, eight, <clears throat> excuse me, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Thank you so much for rolling with the punches. I know today's been kind of crazy with no podcast actually dropping this morning due to us being on the road. I can assure you this will be the last time that uh, we have an unexpected because I, I I don't mind setting realistic expectations to start the week. Hey, we're just not going to have a pod. We're on the road, but I don't like last minute changing up like that. So I do apologize, guys. Please forgive me. Uh, we will. Be back to the normal schedule next week. I'll be back on the home front in the studio. Looking forward to it. Uh, let's see. Justin says, the orange bat the boys use is a $300 bat. Well, yeah, I mean, you want the best for the yard cocks, right? You want the best for the yard cocks. By the way, guys, I will be jumping on Inside the Gamecocks immediately following our show today at noon. Uh, basically, right at noon, I will be on their show talking everything Gamecocks as well. So be sure to check us out. Be sure to check us out for sure. Um, anyways, let's see. 8437903377. That is 8437903377. Stephen Ball Jr., what's up, my friend? Hey, you're not late, my guy. You're right on time. I'm early today, you could argue. <clears throat> I'm early today. So, throwing out this tweet, letting everybody know we're going to be on the show. Here we go. Let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Robbie, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic as well, my friend. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Uh, first thing <clears throat> first, um, congrats to the baseball team putting an absolute clinic on last night, okay? Because I told Mary and R last night, I was like, what we're doing to them, we need to go to church tomorrow and just apologize to God for the butt whooping that we gave USC update last night. Because that was not even fair. That was an old like, that was an old fashioned ass whooping, my guy. Old fashioned. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was an it was a it was a massacre. And to be honest, I did not really watch the whole game. I saw what the score was in the fourth inning, and I was like, "Well." <clears> throat> so throat> then I wa- so then I started watching the basketball game. Mm. So I was like, okay, so this bas- I said, so this baseball game is um, over. So I'm going to just flip over to the basketball game and see how it goes. And to be honest, we played better than what I thought we were going to play. And I think the pieces that we have coming back uh, for next year mm-hmm. are going to be very important pieces for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, they showed that they they the pieces that we have coming back have showed this year that they can that they at at times they can play some ball, and we just got to get the right pieces to put around those guys in order for us to do better next season. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the guys you're bringing back, Robbie. I mean, obviously, you need to go out to the portal and 
and add some quality guys, you know, sure. Lamont Paris. Speaking on that, you know, Lamont Paris, I think at some point during a call-in show, he told Derek Scott that, you know, he sort of wished they hit the portal harder and, you know, utilize the portal. And it's kind of yeah. like that need not be the case again. Like you need to go out and to utilize the portal, hit it as hard mm-hmm. as you can uh, and, and, and look for every – every SEC caliber basketball player and say, hey, you're going to have a chance. You're going to play here. You're going to play. You're probably going to start. Yeah. You're going to get great minutes. You're going to play in the SEC. Why not? So, um, right. you know, I, I think that's where this team is going to be built is is through the portal. And so we'll we'll see what they can do. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting. You know, right. year one, year one, Lamont Paris, hey, you get the pass, right? It's year one. Year two now, I think, is when you right. start seeing some of those improvements, no doubt. For sure, for sure. And one thing that, and I'm saying this with like all sports, right? Mm-hmm. It's, about, it's already been proven that if you don't attack the portal and get guys out of the portal, you might not have a good year. Mm-hmm. Because you, you might go into the portal and find a gym, okay? Somebody else might not think it's a gym, but whenever they, if you if you can talk them into coming to you, and then you turn them into a gym, they're gonna the the, the schools that pass on them are gonna be like are gonna be kicking themselves in the keister mm-hmm. for not offering the guy that you got. I mean, if it was me, you you can rest assured, if I was coaching somewhere, I'd be attacking that portal every every chance I had. Mm-hmm. All right, if I wasn't going on a recruiting trip i'd be attacking that portal robbie you'd be on the attack i know you'd be on the attack oh yeah attack 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 oh yeah absolutely i'd be like if i if i wasn't recruiting on if i wasn't on a recruiting trip that's what i'd be doing attacking that portal as long as it's open you can go in there and get somebody until it closes you're, you're good but uh and it doesn't open up again till may 1st right yes may 1st Okay, but uh, and also real quick, birthday shout out to David Garrick. Happy birthday to David Garrick. Is today his birthday? Did I miss that? Did he say something? No, it's his birthday. I know. I got. I uh, I saw it on Facebook. Oh, happy birthday, birthday Dave Garrick. He's so humble he wouldn't tell anybody. How about that? I didn't know that. Happy <laughs> birthday, Dave Garrick. Shout so, out. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, David. He turned 21 today. Happy have birthday. Bir- yeah, have a great birthday. Don't do nothing too crazy. But then again, it is your birthday. Do what? Just to hell with it. Just do something. I don't know. But <laughs> You get the pass on your B-Day. <laughs> today, today on your birthday is the one day you cannot leave the dumb stuff to Robbie Davis. You yourself can do all that dumb stuff. So. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. Yes. I love that. And then whenever my birthday comes around, I'll do, I'll do all the dumb stuff. There we I'll go. I'll do all of that. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I I of the baseball game of, of what I watched of the baseball game. Okay, even mm-hmm. though it was over. Okay. Yeah. I did like what I saw as far as the pitching goes. I did like that, and. I agree with you with what you said yesterday. At some point, um, that gum, what's his, what's his last name? Jerzenbeck. Yeah. At yeah. some point, Jerzenbeck will definitely, I do believe he's, I do believe he will 
be at some point a weekend starter. Okay, if he stays long enough, that is. Yeah, I no, do I, believe. I, dude, I think he's a. I think he's a weekend starter by next year. I think he's a weekend guy next year. Because, dude, there's a there's a chance you're replacing all three of your weekend guys. Sanders will be gone. Noah Hall will be gone. And Jack oh, yeah. Mahoney Sanders can will be leave. Gone. Mahoney can leave if he has yeah. a good year. So, I mean, there's a chance you're replacing them all. Right. right. And that's going to be a pain in the butt for Kingston. but Pain in the keister. If he's got to replace all of them. But, uh, but yeah, I – I I definitely think that if we just, and like I said, if we just stay focused on what we have to do and control what we can control, right? we can be a pain in the keister come conference play. Mm-hmm. But also – we got to keep in mind that the level of competition ramps up in a couple of weeks when we travel to Athens. Right. No, for sure. I mean, okay. it, it'll. I mean, it'll step up immensely when you go to Athens and take on Georgia. It'll be the step up in competition. So will be whenever we. So. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So whenever we get into conference play, we're going to really see what this pitching staff and what this pitching staff can do. Mm-hmm. I do believe that we have the pitching staff to win some conference series. But mm-hmm. the real question is, are the bats going to stay alive long mm-hmm. enough for us to get to the point to where mm-hmm. we are winning conference <clears throat> series, a conference series more times than not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all agree it'll come down to the bats, right? I, I think the pitching is going to be there. I think the pitching will, um, you know, will stay consistent. You know, are you going to have some rough outings? I mean, it happens, right? It happens to everybody. But right. I think the pitching will be consistent. It'll all come down to the sticks. So, you know, bottom line in the SEC, right. it's just about finding ways to win. Um, you know, we don't have to be flashy. I mean, there, there really are no no style points in SEC play, right, in SEC baseball. So, just find ways to win, man, and, and, right. and hit that at minimum 15 and 15. And, Mark, if you can do better than that, you've had a great season. Uh, obviously, you know, the more you can win, the better, goes without saying. But, uh, you know, I, I think we're set up well to do that. I mean, you never know. It's, it's unpredictable. But – you know, I, I think we're in a good position mm-hmm. right now. I think we'll have another solid weekend. I think Bethune-Cookman won't pose much, much of a challenge, to be honest. And you got Presbyterian College next Tuesday at home. Right. Um, that'll be a bit of another revenge game, if you will. And, and then you get an SEC play. So, you know, I would expect you'll be hitting over 300 as a ball club. You'll have a sub-3 ERA. And, you know, I think For you'll sure. be playing with tons of confidence. So, I, I don't see why South Carolina can't go into SEC play and start out hot. And, like I said, your first three SEC series, while two of the three are on the road – I think the first three SEC series are, are very, very winnable. And then you've got LSU at home and travel to Vandy and it really – and then you got Florida at home. It really starts to heat up. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I think you're yeah. in a good position to, uh, to to make some noise in the SEC this year. Definitely. And I think that, of course, this is definitely key for everybody, but – Stay healthy. Keep 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 the arms healthy. If you got a guy that hasn't pitched, mm-hmm. let him pitch. Try to keep try to keep your golden arms fresh as much as possible, especially going into conference play. Indeed, my guy. Indeed. 
Robbie Davis, always a pleasure, my friend. We're gonna we're gonna jump into one final yeah. break here, but uh, no, I great stuff as always from you, my friend. No problem. I, I appreciate you. We got no TDC tomorrow, by the way, in case you missed it. So we'll talk to you on Monday. Yeah, I, I heard you. I heard you. I heard you. I know you're always paying. I heard you when I cut it on. Oh yeah, even when I even when you don't think I'm paying attention, I am paying attention. <laughs> Nothing gets past you, Robbie Davis. Smart. Nothing gets past you. Yeah, I just I just act stupid to make certain people feel smart. <laughs> I love that. I love that thought process. I love that. I love that. That's great stuff. So, all right, buddy, you have a great rest of your trip and uh, safe travels back to the uh, back to the upstate. Robbie, I appreciate that, my friend. We'll talk soon. For sure. For sure. Take care. Great stuff from Robbie Davis, as always, guys. We are going to jump into one final break on the side. We'll take more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in. To the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 10 minutes or so here in the Daily Crow, taking your questions, comments, calls. As you just saw on the last slide, two weeks to the date. The 2023 TSUS Spring Tour will begin. We'll go across the state to all the different Carolina Alehouse locations throughout the month of March. And April, we'll start in Columbia, South Carolina at the Alehouse location in Harbison. Really looking forward to getting back out and meeting you guys, mingling, interacting, selling merch, all that good stuff. And, of course, we'll be watching Gamecocks baseball as well as a lot of these dates, or at least a couple I know, will uh, will cross over with a South Carolina baseball game. Uh, the first one will not. Gamecocks will take on Mizzou that weekend in Columbia. But uh, the second date, we'll watch South Carolina take on Mississippi State. I believe that will be in Greenville when we're at that location. The following Thursday, Gamecocks will take on LSU. So it'll be a lot of fun, kind of kind of a crossover watch party, meet and greet, if you will. But looking forward to the TSUS Spring Tour. We had so much success with those last year in the summer tour. Felt like it was a no-brainer to do a spring tour as well. Again, appreciate you guys tuning in to the show, 843-790-3377. we got just a couple of minutes left. Again, guys, Bethune-Cookman, the Wildcats, South Carolina. It's all about the Gamecocks this weekend. I would tell you, key player of the weekend, I'll probably go – I'll say Dylan Brewer. I, I actually think Dylan Brewer is the key player of this weekend, simply put, because you look across the diamond and the position battles, right, going into SEC play, and, of course, this being your final tune-up, before you get into conference play, guys are fighting for jobs, and certainly Dylan Brewer is one of them in the outfield, right? You open up the season as, as one of your starting outfielders, if you will, and has a really, really tough weekend against UMass Lowell, and we didn't see much of Dylan Brewer after that, and I wasn't sure <clears throat> how many more opportunities he would get after going, I believe it was 0 for 8 with four strikeouts against UMass Lowell in that season opening series, but you've seen him come along of late, right? And you're looking for offense in that eight-hole, nine-hole. Evan Stone has struggled swinging the bat. For Dylan Brewer, I think what's so key for him, if he can have a big weekend, I think you'll see the former Clem Sucks product uh, take hold uh, of that starting outfield spot. And I think you'll see him get that opportunity going into SEC play. So <clears throat> it's a really big weekend for Dylan Brewer. I think he's the player to watch for me. I think he's the key player for the weekend just because of what is on the line for him. Uh, going most importantly into SEC play. So, again, guys, uh, really, really exciting stuff. I think the Gamecocks, I've got them sweeping, of course. I don't think there should be much of a problem in regards to that. But, uh, you know, 
Yeah, should be a fun weekend at the Art. And the first 7 o'clock Friday night game, by the way, Gamecocks will take on Bethune-Cookman at 7 tomorrow night at Founders Park. And you look at the schedule for the weekend, it'll be 7 o'clock tomorrow night, 4 o'clock on Saturday, and then 1.30 on Sunday. Looking forward to it. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, anyways, guys, let's see. Of course, the basketball season is officially over. The SEC tournament taking place right now, but uh, South Carolina has been knocked out, and I'm sure many of you are relieved. <laughs> many of you probably relieved that that is the case. Um, I'm surprised the SEC hasn't posted like a schedule today. They have not posted any sort of any sort of schedule. Here we go. It'll get going at 1 o'clock. Mississippi State takes on Florida. All these games, of course, on the SEC Network. Mississippi State, Florida at 1 o'clock, all times Eastern time, by the way. Ole Miss, who beat the Gamecocks, will have to deal with Tennessee at 3 o'clock. Arkansas and Auburn at 7 o'clock. And then LSU and Vandy tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern. Bama, A&M, Kentucky, and Mizzou wait in the quarterfinal rounds. They will take on the winners of those games tomorrow in the SEC tournament. So March Madness just around the corner. Of course, guys, also Sunday is Selection Sunday for women's basketball. And, of course, we know the Gamecocks are going to be the number one overall seed. But uh, what we will learn is who they will play and, and who they will have to go through and who they will have to take down to get to the later rounds and, of course, inevitably the national championship. So, going to be exciting. It's an exciting time. Great time to be a sports fan, right? We got the Players Championship this weekend down in Jacksonville, Florida at TPC Sawgrass, a beautiful golf course. And I would know firsthand because we saw it uh, earlier this week. Um, what else? What else in Gamecock Nation? I think that's about it when it comes to the Gamecocks. But, uh, and also, of course, spring ball, spring ball, spring practice starting next Tuesday. <clears throat> we will have content around that on the Monday podcast. I will talk uh, or we could do a bonus podcast, too. I, I'm not sure. Well, at some point next week, we will talk top storylines going into spring practice, top position battles, all that good stuff, right? Right, it's an exciting time when the Gamecocks hit the practice field once again. And I thought really, really interesting comments from, from J.C. Sherbert in regards to the top storylines and what he's looking forward to. I mean, it, and, and as I expected, there's, there's many, many storylines going into this, right? There's many storylines. So it's hard to pick just one necessarily. Hard to pick just one. But uh, anyways, guys, let's see. Frank, appreciate you, my friend. John Edward, Women's Selection Show might be Monday, but not sure. I thought it was on Sunday, John Edward. I could be wrong. I thought it was on Sunday when they would, we would, they would make the selection. But again, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Stephen Boyle Jr., going to the game Saturday. Love that. Love that. Absolutely love that, my friend. Hope you have a blast. Hope you have a blast. <clears throat> Anyways, guys, Gamecocks get the big dubs last night. Or excuse me, the big dub last night against USC Upstate. Really, really great stuff. Uh, trying to see, let's see here. Yeah. Anyways, guys, in case you mentioned it, 
in case you mentioned it, or in case you missed it, I should say, uh, no TDC tomorrow. Of course, we are on the road with the family, so no Daily Crow tomorrow. We'll be back after it on Monday. But, of course, content bleeding out the eyeballs. We've got tons of content lined up for you. Uh, really excited. John Edwards says, can't wait to get to Founders Park. Also planning on going to the South Carolina Winthrop game in Rock Hill. Later in the season. Why not, John Edward? You're up there. I love it. Why not? You're up there. You're up there. So why not? That'll be a fun one. Yeah, I like I like Winthrop's ballpark. I actually played there when I played baseball, and obviously it's changed a little bit since I played, but it's a beautiful ballpark up there in Rock Hill. Yeah, and Winthrop normally has a pretty solid, uh, you know, a pretty solid program. Pretty solid program. So, you know, excited to see what uh, you know, what they do. So Glad to hear that Gavin Cass's injury last night was not serious. Yeah, that's definitely a guy you need going to going into SEC play, no doubt. Guys, we'll go ahead and call it early since I'm jumping on inside the Gamecocks right at noon uh, in just over two minutes or so. So, guys, again, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all. Um, stay tuned to all the content, content bleeding out of the eyeballs, of course. And thank you all so much this week. I know this has been a wacky week, by the way, with some of the technical difficulties and just the – the change-ups in schedule and stuff like that, change-up in content. You guys continue to roll with the punches and show love and support. And I truly cannot say thank you enough. So, sincerely, thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll do some big things. We'll make up for it next week. Maybe next weekend we'll do the live stream watch-alongs for the South Carolina-Georgia series. I think that actually could be a really, really cool thing. So, just stay tuned for that. The more I think about it, the more I think I would actually like to do that. So, just stay tuned for it all. Um, you know, you guys know, again, content bleeding out the eyeballs always, always, and forever for sure. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much, guys. Hey, have a great rest of your, thir- of your Thursday. Have a great weekend as well. And we will talk to you all on Monday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.